presented by Baseline Times Media. Yo, yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Views from the Baseline. It is your quarantine check-in here with Chevy, and I got my special co-host. I guess you I guess you're my co-host at this point since you know you've been doing these quarantine episodes. Gabe, what's up, man? I am chilling, my good boy. I'm doing good. What's happening? Not a whole lot. I guess I promoted you to co-host. Well, you always kind of yeah. been a co-host, right? I don't know. I don't really care about the titles. I just yeah, wants to come join in. I've been for a minute, so you know that's cool. That's what's up, bro. So, uh, how you feeling these days, man? Doing good. How's you know? quarantine uh, life? It's fine. I actually, I'm actually going to be a little bit upset when I got to go back to work in a physical office because, um, you know, you wake up, whatever you feel like waking up, you roll out of bed, jump on the computer, boom, you work from home. So it's been easy. No traffic. I don't got to drive anywhere. I'm already here. You know, it's been actually pretty good. So I'm kind of miss that once we have to go back to actually work in a physical space. But um, other than that, you know, you just try not to gain weight because you're home all day, eating crap 24 hours a day. So you got to keep active, you know, find things to do to occupy your time pretty much. So what have you been doing to like not get fat? Man, I got I got my Gold Gym Power Bands. Those things are dope. Legit resistance. I mean, you got to buy some of those things, man. And I got this exercise bike, and I do, like, uh, yoga. Yeah, Big Dog does yoga. I don't know if you knew about that. So, yeah, no, that's, you know. that's interesting. That's cool. You know, yeah, I, I checked. I, I'm not sure, you know, obviously, you know, there's there was the last episode with Demario. I'm not sure if you listened, but apparently mm-hmm. he's reading books now. That's what he's doing oh, during the quarantine. Okay. He, he had a lot to say about you at the end of that episode, by the way. I got to check it out again, the, the back out part of it, because I got to finish it. Yeah. yeah, he had a lot to say at the end about you. That, you know, mm. that your team was kind of falling apart at the end there before the season got canceled, and yes. the fantasy <laughs> basketball team, yeah, and he was he was definitely on the come up, so. Uh, I heard, because yeah. if you remember the last time we talked, um, you know, last week, Mm-hmm. You you were saying something a little bit different, so I just wanted to clear the air between you two, and I asked him a question, so that's what he said. Yeah, he wasn't going nowhere. But, you know, <laughs> we all know the season would have ended. I would have won again. You'd have been pissed again. Yeah. Been football, basketball. Hey, come on, man, it's just a wrap. They know they know who I am. Come on. <laughs> I mean, he gave you, he actually was really nice because he's like, you know, Gabe had a great team. He's like, Gabe had a good team. That's how the conversation started. And I was like, oh, whoa, this is about to go a different way. I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. Are we about to get props for like, and then it went south. Well, Gabe was getting mollywopped and the last blah, blah, blah. And then my team. So then it was conflicting information. But um, no, I mean, you guys are awesome. You're, 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 I'll, I'll give. I would just give you the nod just because you're my Florida brother. You know we gotta sit together. So you know, much love. Yeah, for sure. But um, you know, um, we're here. It's quarantine life. You know, for myself and yourself. I'm a, I'm a little bit more on the airwaves these days. I'm kind of bouncing back between a couple of things. So I'm on this one. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be on a, a wrestling podcast i'll be on the heels of wrestling so shout out to marcus those guys uh chris thompson uh, we recorded an episode so y'all go check that out um it, you know we, we talked about just the just wrestling in general and how it can kind of make a resurgence for mm-hmm. us here as adults and you know well, we, you know you grew up watching wrestling right you watch the rock stone cold 
Oh, cool. Some of those guys, right? I mean, and, and th- it, isn't it crazy how it's really the only like live? I guess I don't know if it's pre-recorded. I'm assuming it is too, but it's yeah, the only sport uh, that's oh, like right least, going on right now. Is yeah, it wild? At least back in the day, it was, like a lot of it was pre-recorded, but I don't know, you know, what the time frame would be, you know, live or pre-recorded. I'm not exactly sure now. But yeah, yeah so. I have no idea what's going on either now. But um. You know, I'm a little, I'm a little very detached from it. I mean, I know I recognize some names. You see them in, on ESPN. You know, they're they're highlighted everywhere else. But you, you know, you get the point. Like uh, when it comes down to some of these things, um, mm. I'm not sure. You know what's going on in wrestling. But I mean, overall, um, it's really the only sport, so to say, that's uh, showing their their game still or their <laughs> events. <laughs> yep. That's it's true. pretty it's pretty wild, right? But uh, yeah, we'll we'll be over there. I mean, those guys will be making a return, a consistent return at least um for that podcast while the uh WWE is still showing events and also I think there's something called AEW now, so you know, yeah. that's cool. That's what's going on. Um yeah, man. So we're we're here, you know. We're we're doing a podcast again, uh just like a little you know, hot take check in, see what's up with the sports world. Um, you know, it's NFL draft, you know, day one. Um, in the books there. Uh we got some nice NFL news for myself again. Um talks about the NBA coming back, some different ideas. Um but first Gabe, you know, did you watch the uh, last dance, the first episode and the second episode? Yes, sir. Michael Jordan. Yeah, man. You you might have to join us. Um, you know, it's you know, while this is ongoing week by week, we're planning on to release episodes. So Demario mm-hmm. is uh headlining those with me. Maybe we can have okay. you on board since you're an old timer. Yeah, put me on one because I'm older than y'all, so I can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, put, That's put definitely that. where this conversation was going. Um, but <laughs> but uh you're the oldest of you know, so of course. You might remember some things or two, right? Um, in the eighties, but uh, so yeah. um, no, we're all serious, no man. We, we'll we'll join you. We'll we'll do that. So we'll, we'll try to get those in like Mondays, um, Tuesdays for us, for you guys no out doubt. there. Um, we'll check those out. But uh, no, it's been it was a it was a great conversation, and we kind of got some things out to clear the air. It's just a raw opinion. But what's your initial thoughts about the uh, last dance? Like, do you like it? Any any uh, criticisms? Yeah, I like no, I, I, right, well, it's only been two episodes, but I like how it's going. You know, into detail about Jerry Reinsdorf and um, the Krause guy, general manager of the team. And pretty much it shows you an inside look on how Jordan was, even though most people knew his style of leadership and how it was back in the day. But it really goes to show you that nobody was off limits when it came to Jordan, like trying to challenge you. So, you know, like in some parts of the documentary, you saw him just constantly poking fun of uh, Krause. You know, the guy who told Phil Jackson, hey, this is the last season he's going to coach this team. But it's kind of stupid to tell a coach because it drops the morale of the team for the whole season. So I'm, I'm just eager to see how all the other details play out in the season. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I enjoy it. Even the Scottie Pippen stuff where, you know, the contracting side was just atrocious. But he gives you his reasoning as to why he signed it because it was more about security than the actual um, um, price of the contract. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm eager to see what else has happened in the documentary, details that like, I didn't know about, which I'm pretty sure are a lot of things that no one knew about. So, 
Yeah, I think it's a cool concept, man. I liked it overall. There's no complaints for all at all from me. I think it's a great documentary. So, um, you know, I mean, we're gonna do those episodes, kind of review them as 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 they go. Um, but mm-hmm. it's it's still nice, right? You know, like I, like you said, there's a lot of things that goes uncovered. Um, mm-hmm. and now we are getting a good insight of a lot of things. Um, but I mean, the funny thing is, it's highlighting a lot of things that we kind of already knew. Like you can go back and research, you know, the salaries. And see, you know, but we just didn't know how Scotty got that salary. Obviously, we knew, we knew, now we know how we got there. So, eh, yeah, you know, yeah. everyone's going to have yeah, their opinions. A lot of inside information that we probably didn't know. But like you said, for the most part, a lot of this stuff is public knowledge. You can probably Google it or search it up yourself or read the history books. But with this documentary, what I hope we get from it is that all the details we didn't know, obviously, you know, all the little knickknacks that went on behind the scenes. So I'm glad Jordan actually allowed this film crew or the Bulls without the film crew to tape this season because, you know, it's, it's something to watch in these uh, rough times, obviously. Right. And um, just to kind of get an idea, like, because uh, I, I asked Amara this on the episode, like, at what age would you say that you kind of started realizing um, and recognizing what players' value meant to their teams and how good players were, where you can pretty much, like, kind of decode the game in a sense? Like what? Like mm-hmm. what age would you say that was? Well, for me, like I said, I started watching basketball like sparingly in '92. That's when Shaq came into the league. But um, I didn't really get into like in like like teams and stuff like that until maybe the second three piece of Jordan. And even then, it was more about just watching the game itself and see what the players were doing. But um, I think I really got a better understanding for the game it was probably. I want to say as late as 2000, 2001 is when I started to realize, okay, this is what it's about. And, you know, I think it was two or three years before LeBron's season, uh, rookie year. Um, I think around that time. So I really, you know, got into it a lot. I'm not trying to be funny, but I mean, like, how old were you at that point? At that point? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, in 92, I was like, let me see. Uh, in 92, I think I was like seven or eight. So, well, I mean, you know, when it comes to like you, the realization, right? Like, how old were you? Because I mean, I know, like, I know at that point, like, let's say 2000, 2001, I was like 10, 11 years old, but that was kind of like on the cusp of like understanding it. I wasn't all the way like understanding. Yeah, I was already a junior in high school around 2001. So, so you would say basically like, you would say probably like 13, 14. Yeah, yeah, something else around there. Yeah, 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 13, 14, 15 around that time. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm because I'm I'm just trying to survey to make a point. Like, I think a, a lot of us, as like average, you know, you know, human beings, like we start to pick up on some of those things around that age. So mm-hmm. when you exactly. know, and and I, it's just to make a point again, when you look back at somebody who okay, was born in two, the year two thousand, right now they're yeah. either nineteen or twenty years old. That mm-hmm. means that if we just use a rule of thumb and say. How old does the average fan right now that's born in 2000, when did they start understanding things? Probably the a good assumption would be to say they probably started understanding things around the age, you know, if they're 19 now, let's just say like six years ago, right? Let's just give it five or six years ago. They started understanding things. Think about the league mm-hmm. five, six years ago. You know, um, Kobe was on the tail end of his career. LeBron mm-hmm. was in his prime. Prime, prime, like he was prime LeBron. I mean, he's prime LeBron now. He's kind of you know, obviously prime, but he was you know LeBron, LeBron. That was damn good, LeBron. Um, Kyrie was still kind of 
on the upcome. I mean, you're looking at five years ago, 2020, so that's 2015, right? The Warriors are just getting to their first finals um, mm-hmm. victory, right? 20, the year 2015. It's just a skip the Steph Curry era. It's a, it's a Kevin Durant, the Russell Westbrook. They kind of start to get, they got, they got, so you see where this is going is just that their, their minds are only fresh with these types of players. So, mm-hmm. you know, I threw some names that I said, okay, let's look at Jason Kidd, Steve yeah. Nash, Dirk Nowinski, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, most of his you know, prime career, Shaq. They, these kids that were born in 2000 that make up a, a nice segment of NBA, young NBA fans didn't mm. does this make me does this make you feel old because yeah, it makes know, me yeah. feel old right they did not probably for the assumption is they probably didn't really understand the careers of the guys i just mentioned yeah i, I, I can give you a comparable thing it's like the fast and furious fast and furious movies right like a lot of young kids didn't even know Ludacris was a rapper before he started doing the fast and the furious that's funny like, that's or, actually, or, or really actually good. Even, they didn't even know he was a dj actually to begin with so they're like, what, he rapped? I'm like, yeah, he was, he was a rapper back in the day. So a lot of kids, they, they didn't know that. That's yeah, funny. It's true. It's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, well, it's just, it's the thing is, it's a good, it's really, it's a really good insight to, mm. you know, what we're dealing with. And, and, and again, like why the last dance kind of matters. Like it, the last dance matters because right now it's in my opinion, because it, there is a group of kids that right now, young NBA fans that didn't recognize, you know, the past like 20 years. So yeah. what about the 20 years that, or the decade before that's in the last 20 years, you know, that we're talking about the nineties, this is giving yeah, them perfect. a real good insight to the nineties because the eighties is going to get a highlight and the eighties, you know, it was magic bird, but the nineties mm-hmm. really started to where the NBA, the NBA developed, right? You had some, some, sure some really that. good talent, like Carl Malone, John Stockton, and you had mm-hmm. your Patrick Ewing, your Reggie Miller, um, you know, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton. I mean, that those are some of the guys, the talent that you know really started to make the NBA kind of pop. And you know, they mentioned it in one of those episodes, the first, second episode, how Michael Jordan and the Bulls and they just help elevate the game, the game of basketball mm-hmm. overall. Like it, they help bring popularity to the NBA and and a rise in revenue. So the game popped in the nineties. Uh, I, I think the game just grew so fast. In the last year, from the '90s and the early in the 2000s decade, to the point where mm-hmm. some of the kids just didn't get to grow up and understand what happened and how what type of talents they were able to see. I think we're just you and I are very blessed to see yeah. a little bit of both. Like we got to see the '90s, and then we got to experience most of and understand actually most of everything so far in the 2000s. So mm-hmm. that's a blessing. Yeah. But um, yeah, last dance, man. Yeah, maybe you can join us on an episode. Um, I'm glad you liked it, man. I think it's a, it's a really fun episode. Um, the, yeah, last, the first two one. I'm looking forward to like the Rodman. I think the the funniest thing for me is when the little trailer. Did you see the trailer with Rodman with where they're mentioning about trying to go to Vegas? Yeah. All all he's doing is laughing, right? Like that's the funniest thing to me. All he does is just laugh. Like he just sits there and just like he doesn't even what to say, man. Like yeah. that shit's I feel funny. Like he's I mean. so misunderstood and nobody really understood him because you know when he played for Detroit, it was kind of the same thing, right? Um, you know, he was just one of those guys that he had to have basketball as his family. And once the basketball was gone, the dude was out of control, as you saw. So, yeah, I mean, and it's you know, it's known that he's always been when it comes to basketball, he takes it serious. He's very civil. Um, he's very straightforward. He he, he plays the game with a lot of hustle and heart. Obviously, a huge mm-hmm. part as to why the Bulls succeeded there in that three peat, the last three peat. So, 
um yep. you know shout out shout out to the rob i love ramen man i think he's a great guy a great player you know he's a little weird at sometimes i think he's a i don't know i like ramen i just you know ramen's always been somebody i just remember growing up and my mom would always talk about rob you know my parents would always talk about ramen's hair and just laugh and it's just you know we used to have a good time with it you know but he was a great player he's like like yeah. my parents will explain to me that of you know how important he was and that he was he was a good player he was just just different yeah. he just looked different you know but we just always kind of enjoyed yeah. Rodman in our household. So, you know, I think that was a cool part. I, I like Rodman. So, but, um, yep. The last dance, uh, episode three and four coming up. Um, next on the list here, man, we got, uh, pretty much a surprise in the NFL. Um, so Gronk decides to unretire. Apparently still had about 10 mil left on the table with the Patriots. And traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to join Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> it's just what was it Tuesday? Just just midday Tuesday, man. It's you know wrapping up work, and then all of a sudden you, you know you get you hear Tom, you know the uh, Rob Gronkowski's headed to to your team. It's what? Uh, so the, the story in the background. Did you hear? You know, apparently he just didn't want to be traded to the Lions. Didn't want to separate yeah, from Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I saw that when he was talking about it on the NFL desk. I was like, wow. He said, hey. Belichick wanted to trade him to the Lions. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just retired. And I guess he found a loophole. He said he didn't really answer his phone. And eventually the, the trade just fell through. And he's like, all right, cool. And got, he got more championships. So it's like, I guess it worked out for him. Look, man, he publicly <laughs> told everyone that. How many guys do you think would try that stunt now, man? Exactly. I was like, wow, he beat the system. So I wonder if somebody's going to help. Look, man, no offense to anybody that's a Detroit Lions fan listening, but I, I don't blame him at all. <laughs> I don't okay. blame him. Detroit or New England, like which one would you prefer? Exactly. But, you know, I mean, like he said, it, it has something to do with Tom Brady. And, uh, it, you know, it kind of it kind of is a good theme because like I felt like a little bit of like the last dance kind of showed like some of these guys didn't want to play without each other, you know, Obviously, Jordan didn't want to play without coaching, being coached by Phil Jackson. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that when you when you've enjoyed enjoyed success so long together, you know yeah, why why exactly. break it up? Why go anywhere else? And uh, you know, um, I mean, we, we're talking about Gronk, we're talking about Brady going elsewhere. We haven't really sat down and talked about the Patriots. So, you know, like like Gabe, let me ask you, I put you on the spot here. Like, what do you think about the Patriots? Like all these moves, these things they're that they're doing. You know, is it a full-blown rebuild right now? Is that what Belichick's planning? I mean, is it, well, what is Belichick doing? Well, the thing is that we don't know how a New England Patriots rebuild will look because he's always had Tom Brady. You know, aside from when he had Drew Bledsoe, when, when he went down, the Brady stepped in. So it's like we have yet to see that. Now, we knew what kind of coach he was in the Cleveland and New York or whatever. Uh, you know, he wasn't good at all. He almost got fired. But, um... As far as New England, we don't know what he can do without Tom Brady. Obviously, he had the one season with Matt Castle, I believe, and they got they came up short, uh, making it to the playoffs. But I feel like Belichick can just plug in anybody in that system. They still got a lot of people coming back. McCourty's in the back, so they still have decent talent on the team. I don't know who this quarterback is. Is Jarrett Stidham? I've never seen him play. So I wouldn't say it's a full blown rebuild. I would kind of say maybe they're just retooling themselves. Right, right. I mean, you're right about that. We we weren't really sure, you know, what what the Patriots been what almost it's been 20 years with Tom Brady, and that's probably yeah, the last time that we can remember them trying to make something out of something. So, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's 
the, speaking of the 2000s, right? Speaking of the 2000s, that's that's incredible. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to decode like what's going on. I'm trying to like understand, you know, obviously Belichick matters more than mm-hmm. Tom Brady. The, you know, they want to keep the culture the same. They want to keep the winning ways. So yeah. you know, they're just kind of trying to plug pieces that that matter there. You know, mm-hmm. um, based on what you've seen so far, I mean, you know, they they're obviously going to have a draft here over the next few days. Um, what do you what what's like a realistic expectation for the Patriots next year? Like seven wins at the most. It all depends on how the quarterback plays because I still feel like um the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins, at least in that AFC East, you know, we still have to prove ourselves. So just going into the season next year, he'll probably still be the favorite for that division. Um, so you know, it's it's hard to put a win loss record on this team because. I don't know this quarterback. I, I've never seen him play. And I, I don't know who they're going to draft, you know, and who they might trade for. But if I, have to, if I had to take a guess, you know, I would still say that I, I'm pretty confident they'll still beat the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins. Maybe, maybe the Bills are giving the most trouble in that division. But as far as them making the playoffs, mm, damn, that's hard, man. That is really hard. I'm well, I mean, you would expect them. the Bills just based on the type of season they had last year. They they have something to build upon yeah, now, I, you I, know. Like yeah. Darnold, I don't know about him yet. I, I don't know what he's about. But I, I like I like the Bills maybe as the favorites in that you know that part of the division. It's really hard to put a stamp on them right now. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're early in the season. I'm sure that there, there, there's some maybe some more surprises happen, but obviously. You know, two of their most recognizable players are, you know, tenured mm-hmm. recognizable players are now in the Tampa Bay area code. So uh, I think that's very interesting. Um, yep. You know, I mean, because yeah, I mean, you, you have like the Randy Moss that came and went. You have guys that come and go, you know, like for, for the, for the mm-hmm. uh, Patriots, you know, they kind of just plug and play. That, that's how they've always kind of been around like Gronk, around around Brady, Belichick that's at true. the helm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, there's guys that have came and went, but. You know, they're now in Tampa, but uh, I mean, but overall, like you know, getting back to the Gronk, how do you feel like about um the the way that you know Gronk kind of you know he basically said you know I wouldn't play anywhere else besides with Brady, um yeah. you know it, it it makes me think back to like because you know you you and I are NBA guys too and we think about like LeBron, Chris Paul, like, like some of those guys, but I mean you're in that LeBron and Chris Paul never played together, the Banana Boat Brothers as they say, but like. You know, like D Wade and Braun played in Miami, and then they tried to link up in in Miami in uh sorry Cleveland, and it didn't really work out all that well, right? So, yeah. um, and when, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm getting all those pictures <laughs> where they're comparing Brady and Gronks to LeBron and Wade coming back together in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, Car Malone and um, Car Malone and uh, Gary Payton in L.A. You know. <laughs> Yeah. How do you feel crazy. about this? This this you, you these two reuniting? Is is that a fair yeah. comparison that I'm getting these pictures or? I I all different. I mean, you know, it all depends on Tom Brady's health and his arm. Like, if he's still the Tom Brady, even of the last few years, I mean, they got a hell of a shot. I mean, you got so many weapons on offense. You got Gronk. You got Evans. You got freaking Gut Godwin. Now, I don't know what they do with the other Titans they have on the roster. I think it's OJ Howard and um, Bray. Right. But, um, they have, and I don't know what the running back situation is either. But I don't, I don't think it's comparable because if, as long as Tom Brady can throw the ball downfield and he has protection, 
that's a very dangerous community. Like, how can you not see that? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's different. It's just different. Yeah. Different. I mean, like, I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I feel like, you know, obviously, yeah, my concerns are with the defense, the secondary, because, again, like, our, I think our defensive line is great, you know, led the league yeah. and rush defense, so I'm not concerned about it, you know. Uh, Donovan Sue, he resigned, so... You know, like I said, mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about it. Um, you know, we got JPP as well. So, you know, we, we have a solid defensive line. I'm not concerned about them. It's secondary that needs to definitely work and improve. Um, Todd, Todd mm-hmm. Bowles, this, is, this will be his second year. And I feel like the defense at times was was good. It's just just not consistent. Um, yeah. And then, of course, you know, the whole James Winston situation of, you know, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Of course, your defense is, they're the ones that sometimes get the, the, the shit end of the stick. Because yeah, now you're true. throwing away, you're throwing the ball, you're literally throwing the ball away to the other team. You know, yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a balance. Out. Exactly, yeah. it's, not, it's not a fair balance. So at times, you know, obviously the defense was asked of more. So I get it. Let's see how we, it works with with a quarterback that can manage the you game better. Any time in the pocket, I mean, that's just suicide. You can't give that guy any time in the pocket. I mean, the ball comes out quickly as it is with Tom Brady. Because you give him like an extra five or six or seven seconds, I mean, that's like an eternity for him. So we'll, we'll see how the line does for him. But if he has that time in the pocket, forget it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I feel like when it comes down to you know the offensive offensive line protecting Brady is key. Um, mm-hmm. you know, referencing back to Bron- uh, Gronk here is even if he doesn't go out and catch passes, he's still a nice extra body that can protect and block. Body, yeah, and yeah. I thought about it because I'm like, okay, well, somebody's like, well, you know, it's Gronk, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, the guy is is fit enough to still come in. And the thing is, you know, he had a few injuries here and there, but it wasn't like his game completely changed or he had declined exactly. his game. He just yeah. didn't want to play football without Tom Brady. So, yeah, he, you know. He's a whole year off. He's, he should be healed by now. You and, know? And, he, and he, you know, he mentioned that, you know, in his interview that he pretty much always wanted to stay in game shape, especially when they were caught last year sometime passing the ball around. I think it was in, they were in UCLA. I can't remember where they were at. Um, and there was rumors of him returning. And he was like, no, you know, I just wanted to stay fit, you know. But so, you know, he he obviously can still be a force in that oh, aspect. Sure. And so, <laughs> so you know, I mean, if he's there to protect Brady, that's another body they can throw to protect Brady. And, and that's that's what I love about this move, um, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because it's like, you know, we did this without giving up O.J. Howard. So yeah. it leads me to think that that's it's going to be a real fun offense now. Who do you who are you who are you throwing to Brady? Brady, you know, is is it Gronk? Is is it OJ? You know what I'm saying? It's it's going to be yeah, a mean, real fun guessing game for defenses. So I love mm-hmm. it. I love the move with Gronk. I just don't think it's ultimately just for you know another receiver or another tight end to throw at. It's, it, it's blocking purposes. Um, yeah, and you know we'll get into the draft here in just a, mo- a few more moments, but um, you know it's. I like I like the move. It's Gronk, man. I mean, you know, sometimes there's there's duos that are just great, and they're just one of the duos that just were great. You know, it's it's kind of like you know like going I, back to Miami. You know, you you guys had Braun and Wade. I mean, it, Wade wasn't the same of the LeBron's but level, but yeah, he was over the hill. Like the way Gronk isn't over the hill. He just had nagging injuries, and he took some time away. You know, I know he lost a lot of weight too, so I know he's a little bit smaller right. from his playing. But I'm pretty sure he can bump back up if he wants to, if he chooses to do so. But, right, um, right. Yeah, he, he's not done. He can, he still has a game. Left. And like I said, his playing style is just run down the field. He's a bruiser. So it's not like he needs a lot of speed. You know what I mean? So he still can play the game of football. So yeah. I think it's a good move. 
Yeah, I always tell people that, you know, like, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna, look, the, the guy is proven to be somebody who comes in, gives you hustle, he's a winner. Um, he's proven, he's proven that he's not going to, you know, he, he, he's, when he's on the field, he's, he's a threat. And I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's declined. You know, I clearly just don't think that has declined at all. Um, uh, but yeah, nope. we will see definitely coming up. I'm excited about, uh, the season, uh, would be very disappointed if we don't get an NFL season to start on time or even just to start. Um, so yep. I mean, I'm excited for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, shout out to Gronk. Welcome back to the NFL Gronk. Uh, he'll be in Tampa. He's also the 24-7 champion of the WWE still, the longest-standing champion. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so, you know, um, just just get one more champion. You know, become become the uh, another Super Bowl champion in, in Tampa. That would be that would yeah. be awesome. But um, no, I'm looking forward to this season, man. It's gonna be fun. Um, you know, mm-hmm. criticize it all you want, but it, it's still nice. So let me. I have to ask you the question though, Gabe. Uh, is this, is it just two questions I have? One, um, the first question is a contender, Tampa Bay a contender. Oh yes, I mean look, I I'm, I won't be biased and I won't hate on any team that I feel that is contender. Yeah, this is just pure, just just some purely looking at the team. Oh, contender for sure. What what are they going to be pretending? They got a lot of weapons. So hell yeah, contender. If if anybody says otherwise, they just hate. Definitely contender. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the only thing that I would be afraid of is, of course, if Tom Brady was to get hurt. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah. you know, we have Blaine Gabbard, that's oh. our backup. So, um, I oh. mean, <laughs> so that oh. that would be the the biggest downfall for this season. But, um, you know, even if Gronk needs to like rest or or take time off, time off, or if he does have like a, gets a little banged up and he has to take a game or two off, you obviously have so much weapons uh, to the point like mm-hmm. like I said, like a lot of people will sleep on Cameron Bray, but Cam, I love Cameron Bray. I'm glad we kept him. Um, you know, even he was very good. Him and Winston had very good chemistry. So I, you know, I would, I think he's a good receiver. He understands how to run routes. And um, you know, Gronk is going to be with him and OJ Howard. So I think that there's a nice threat that they have uh, for that position that's interchangeable. So uh, it, it's going to be fun to see those guys. Um, enough about the Bucks, though, man. Let's talk about the draft here. First round. Uh, your Dolphins were early on the board. Um, of course, number one pick was Joe Burrow. Uh, I know you said yeah. you don't watch too much of college football, but I mean, what based on what you've seen, I mean, this was this was the obvious number. Yeah, one you pick. had to pick Joe Burrow number one. I mean, I've seen the championship game. And I saw a few games he's played in. Yeah, I mean, he was the obvious pick on the board. I mean, if you pass with him, then you were stupid. So definitely, that was the number one pick, and I'm pretty sure if, he, if they didn't take him number one. The Dolphins were going to take him at number five because the teams after Joe Burrow were like other players because those teams didn't need quarterbacks. But no, yeah, he was definitely the obvious choice at number one for sure. No, I, I think uh, Joe is the man. The man, right? Uh, there was no questions at all. If you had the number one pick, I don't care who was your quarterback. Maybe if you had Mahomes, but you know, you, you take yeah, him. Well, I mean, in Cincinnati, you gotta that Yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer if you if you're Cincinnati. I mean, everything. I mean, the comparisons, the the way he plays, the way he looks. I mean, he he's very flexible and can run and run and throw out of the pocket, kind of slip mm-hmm. and slide. You know, it's it's nice to 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 see um, what he was able to do with LSU and what was that the eight touchdown half he had? Oh, he was ridiculous. incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God. So. Um, mm-hmm. He's ready. He's NFL ready. I think that was the, definitely the number one pick. Um, you know, 
So uh, the second pick, the Washington Redskins picked Chase Young, uh, defensive mm-hmm. end from Ohio State. And, uh, you know, while we're on the subject of defensive ends, too, um, I know a lot of these guys are very, they look a little bit more fit. A little bit yeah. more, you know, like they're very more, they're more agile in a sense. They look, you know, I think that the the look in the direction of a defensive end is look because Chase Young, you're looking at, I'm like, this guy doesn't look like he can go out that he would be on a defensive line at all. But exactly, that's what that's what you have a good pass rusher in this game, good some very very good pass rusher, or mm-hmm. a good very good defensive end and or defensive tackle and like like an Aaron Donald. Like you, you will be good. You'll be good in this league. If you can get to the quarterback, you'll be good in this league, especially in a throwing league. If you can put pressure on it. So I think that it's nice to see that. Um, And then, you know, obviously we'll kind of highlight some of the first round picks here. Most of the top picks just to kind of get day one out the way. But uh, number five, Gabe, you guys got a quarterback Tua, and you know, we have a terrible time saying his name. So let me just try, man. Um, Tago Tago Voloa Tago Viloa. I don't know. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> anyways, Tua. He is a Miami Dolphin. How do you feel? Like I said, I told you earlier, the Dolphins. You would think they pick the obvious choice every year with draft players, and they always manage to get a guard every year. It's like, wait, a guard? Really? Another guard? So or tackle? It's just ridiculous. But, you know, they finally took an obvious choice. Like, you know, he has injury concerns. I get it. You know, maybe he doesn't even play right away. Maybe they just rehab him and let Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic, you know, just <laughs> the majority of the season. Either way, it's a good pickup because, man, our quarterbacks over the last, I want to say, what, 21 seasons, other than Tannehill, who's been, I guess, the best of that bunch, has just been atrocious. So we really need like a, a you know just a jolt at the position because man it's been no hope there whatsoever in all these years it's like are we ever going to get this right I feel like they finally got it right so you know give them time to develop you know we'll see where it goes from there but I do like to pick a lot yeah um I I I found it interesting you know I was heckling some of my dolphins um fans that are my friends and um. I was like, man, you guys should uh, just take Winston, you know? I mean, you guys don't really have a quarterback. <laughs> um, and then, you know, obviously Cam Newton's still out there. Um, and, and, you know, Miami was one of, one of the destinations. I mean, you know, obviously mm-hmm. Miami's Miami. The weather, you know, they still have a nice, a nice a beautiful stadium. It's still an established, mm-hmm. it's an established NFL franchise that has some rich history, obviously, with Dan Marino. So, you know, going to Miami isn't a bad choice. Uh, as a free agent, I would say, if you, if you had nothing to lose. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. that's why you kind of just wait it out and see. But obviously, I, I think, we're, you know, we'll talk about this in a second. The direction is to start to get some young guys in and groom them. Like, it's it's starting to work. Like, the NFL teams, in my opinion, are starting to believe in that system and not just draft a guy, let him sit around for a few years and, you know, let, yeah, let the veteran play. Right. Away. right. If he has any I'll understand why you fit him. But if he's healthy, yeah, hey, I don't mind him throwing him in there right away. Why not? That's the way it's going anyway. Right. And, I mean, you know, like you said, the injury onto uh, uh, two doctors said that he, he's good. Yeah, he, he's successfully recovered. Um, he followed the proper plan. You know, we, and we talked about this. Like, he, he was healthy. He he did what he's supposed to do. He followed everything exact. And I, and hopefully he picked up some good habits to keep himself in shape moving forward. And there's a very, very low percent, uh, percent chance of him re-entering and getting the same injury again. So, 
I think yeah. that I think that's good to hear. It is a good opportunity for you guys to have um a quarterback. Um mm-hmm. so I, I I like the I like him, man. I mean I can't I can't hate on him. I can't say, you know, anything bad about Tua. I mean, obviously the injury is a concern like we mentioned, but I mean beyond that it's I mean, you know a good pickup for once. So yeah, it's a, good, it's a good draft pick. Um, the next pick after him for the Chargers, because they're the other team that didn't have a quarterback. They picked Oregon's quarterback, Justin Herbert. Uh, I wasn't too high on Herbert. I felt like my if I felt like Miami might if Miami might have messed up and picked him, you know, then I'd be like, all right, like come on, Miami, like really. That's what I heard originally. I heard they was trying to take Herbert. I'm like, man, watch the Dolphins do that, dumb stuff like that, and take Herbert. This just what the hell is it? But yeah, they ended up getting it right. But yeah. I kept seeing that lead up to the draft. Oh, Miami's high on this Justin Herbert guy. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? But um, yeah, they, they actually got it right for once. Yeah. Herbert. Right, and, and you know that's the thing is like I'm sitting around waiting. I'm looking at the draft order. I'm like, you know what? Miami and the Chargers really didn't pick a quarterback or or sign mm-hmm. a quarterback. Excuse me. And you know, obviously Philip Rivers left, and you didn't go out in free agency and try to pursue anybody. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they weren't really interested in giving Tom Brady money like the Bucks was. Um, mm-hmm. but I thought about it, I'm like, wow, they really are picking back to back. They <laughs> that's gotta be the perfect one two combo for a you know, Tua and uh Justin Herbert. Like right there. That has to be like like it can go either way for both of them. So I just felt like obviously both of those teams are going quarterback in this draft when I when I kinda evaluate and looked at everything. I mean, it, it could have been obvious, I get it. Mm-hmm. But um that's what's up there. Um, some other notable highlights here. The Jacksonville Jaguars take the cornerback, CJ Henderson. Um, offensive tackle, Dredrick Willis to um, Cleveland. From He's from Alabama. Mikhail Becton out of Louisville is going to the Jets. Um, a couple Bama receivers going here um, in the top uh, 16. So you have uh Henry Ruggs the third he went to the Raiders and then Jerry is it pronounced Judy um he's uh, yeah he's going to the Broncos and then um the Bucks actually traded up one pick one pick uh above um, so they went from 13 to four, or sorry 14 to 13 um I like Tristan uh Wirfs. they actually had a good nice tackle they took out of Iowa so it's pretty dope that's the goal. That's the way they should have went. So I'm happy with that pick. Um, okay. Definitely getting offensive line, you know, getting the lost, uh, offensive line beefed up, offensive tackle. That's awesome. Um, and then the C.D. Lamb from the wide receiver from Oklahoma, he went to the Cowboys. So that's that's actually a really good pick. That's the only person in this room doing the pick. This guy's amazing. I mean, he, he refuses to relinquish power. So it's like, man, this guy's never going to get it right. That's actually a really good pick. I mean, he's, I mean, just for him, it might be a good pick, but I'm saying in general, he's so like, like I can do every job and do like hire the right football people. But you know, this pick might be good for him. We'll see. But Jerry Jones, man, he doesn't know what he's picking. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it, look, it, he was one of the best players on the board <laughs> at the time, and and they, I mean, you know, there there really there really is. It's a good, it's a good pickup. Um, you know, considering what their wide receiver core looks like right now, I'm not saying it's terrible, but obviously that's a need for them. Um, so then, and actually, I think he's one of the better receivers out of the draft. I think probably might have taken him 
over Jerry Judy, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's only a couple picks off, so we'll see. We'll see yeah, how it turns yeah. out. We'll see how it turns out. But um, you know, those are some of the highlights of the, of the first round of the draft there. But you know, obviously, a lot of these teams going in the direction of taking a young player versus having to take um some veteran, you know, like like a Cam Newton. Like, you know, they're not proven guys, so why not start fresh and try to rebuild? And, you know, a lot of a lot of guys are seeing that. I mean, I guess we should be thankful for, like, Patrick Mahomes. You know, you go out and do your homework, believe in, your, believe in the product you're drafting, and, you yeah. know, and, and draft it and go out and, and produce it, you know? So, you know, thank God. Thank you, Mahomes. <laughs> you the know? thing with football, it's like they're so scared to get the pick wrong. They often rely on people who they know can perform. Like, for example, like Cam Newton's out there, right? So let's say if there's a scared GM who needed a quarterback but was scared to draft the right quarterback, you know, he might end up, hey, let me just sign Cam Newton because it's the safe option. A lot of these coaches, they don't want to take that risk because they know they're fighting for their jobs. So that's why it's like, man, if coaches didn't play scared or GMs didn't play scared, you never know what the NFL might look like. All these young players out there just, you know, running on the, on the job, getting better. We might have some explosive football, but these GMs and the coaches they play scared, so it's like you will never know that. Yeah, right? exactly. No, I agree, man. It, it, you know, it's, it's coming down to a lot of of what we're seeing now is there is a direction to take, and it's it's more of an organic direction. Which in sports sometimes we like to see instead of guys going, you know, it, guys going and team up at a play in one area, one place. Sometimes it sucks, and then. And then you have the, the the teams that do make they pull off spectacular trades, right? And then you get a, you get the luck of the draw with like Tampa, and I mean it, it just doesn't happen like that. You don't get a guy that has built a dynasty with one team and then all of a sudden goes somewhere to a team that's been off the map. I mean, we haven't made the playoffs in a very long time in Tampa, so <laughs> I mean it kind of is like Super Bowl or bust it, because the Super Bowl is in Tampa, so. Kind of, be, and that's actually my second question. I think I've had oh, to ask yeah. you: Super Bowl oh, or bus? Super Crazy. Bowl or bus for the for the Bucks? Um, damn, that's tough. Oh man, I like the chance of making the playoffs, obviously, and doing well. Uh, I'm gonna go. Gosh, I'm gonna say this: Super Bowl, man. Super Bowl. Uh, that's that's what I mean. At least right now, I'm a, I'm gonna say Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, we, that's, that's that's the only way. Only way. Especially like you have a lot of incentive to get to the Super Bowl in front of your hometown fans. Like it doesn't happen like that ever in the NFL. If it has happened, name it, tell me, because I can't remember the last time it's happened that way. Let's meet up in uh, Tampa, man, next February. That's crazy, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Come on up, come on up to Tampa, man. All right. Um, NFL draft though, it's going to be continue on into the weekend. Um, we had coverage mm-hmm. on that next week. The last dance. Um, but you know, uh, last thoughts on the NFL draft. Isn't it interesting? Uh, the virtual the virtual thing is not bad. I don't. It's it's not bad, man. I mean, it, this 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 draft is always one of the longest drafts in my opinion. That it's eternity, man. I don't get it, but uh, it's so funny because <laughs> you and I are tech guys, right? So it's so funny. Yeah to see how much technology is being used and you see like the cameras, the webcams, the, uh, do you, have <laughs> you seen the those pictures of the coaches and they have like six screens, two laptop screens and a TV in the corner. Two screens. Like nowadays people use two screens for work. That's like the norm. 
at least what's going on now. But to have six, like, like, dude, how old are you? Like, are you 80 years old? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, like, you know, what's going on? Like, what compels you to have that many screens? Like, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool, though. Like, I think I think it's all pretty cool stuff, though. It's just nice to to see how technology is being utilized in these times in this era where we're kind of forced to be social distancing, but still try to have social interaction. Uh, The whole Cadell before he announces every pick so far, he's had like a crowd of fans and little screenshots, little boxes uh, for each team. Um, seeing some of these players uh, in on their couch, it looks like you you know you and I have a living room on TV, and then you look at the coaches exactly. and the GMs, and they have these luxurious like massive offices. <laughs> Jerry wow. Jones is, has like this white plush couch with a big ass screen behind him, and it's like, yeah, Jerry Jones clearly showing out on 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 the draft night. <laughs> Crazy. It's crazy, but it is interesting, man. You know, this is a, it's an interesting virtual, virtual way. I mean, I you know, traditionally you always come up and shake the commissioner's hand. I get it, you know, but I don't know. Like you and I were talking about this. It it's uh, just blessed to be have a job that pays you millions and go play a sport that you love. I mean, I don't care where. If I'm there in person, if it was in Vegas or from the couch of my family celebrating, I don't care where the hell I am. Yeah, as long as I'm getting the job and the money, I'm fine. I'll be home. I don't have to shake your hand though. Just my money and my job is good. Yeah, it's That's funny. It. It's funny seeing this on the players' reactions. Some of them have like their headphones on. They're just kind of mm-hmm. sitting there. Their phone, then their phone buzzes, and they pick it up. They're just kind of hanging out in some like jeans or something. It's it's different, <laughs> you know. It's it's a little different. It's chill. Hey, yo, I'll be there in my gym. I'm chilling. Uh, last thing for us, Gabe. The um the NBA actually is trying to plan maybe to come back in sometime June at the earliest. But this would also push back the start of the next season. They say supposedly until uh, December. Yeah. Um. And then Chris Paul's advocating that if there is a need to come back that soon, there at least needs to be time built in three to four weeks to let players get back in shape prior to a season restarting. So almost like a month, a month training camp, pretty much is what he's proposing. Or what he suggests, right? I mean, I mean why he would say that for old? He's an older player, obviously. Right. A while. I mean, he's not as old as LeBron is, but he's close enough to that age. But um, so I, I can see why for older vets they might need this time. But I feel like for the most part, these other guys are already in shape. I mean, they're probably you know outside anyway, shooting hoops in their backyards with the you know big basketball courts and everything to begin with. So I don't think they will sit around and get fat. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's not the off season. Yeah, I mean, supposedly some guys don't didn't never really had the uh, ability to um, work out or you know get get the fitness on, which is kind of weird. But I mean, you know, I get it. I don't think I think maybe three to four weeks of stretching it. But, you know, because training camp is a week. So the expectation is before training camp, you know, in a regular season, like what happens before training camp? Are you not working out? You know what I'm saying? So I think like a week, two weeks is reasonable. But yeah, you know, now that you think about it, it's like, what do you need three to four weeks for? You know, I mean, I understand. Uh, it's funny because I texted, you know, it's a group chat about this today and they're like, 
you know, we're so desperate. Like, let them just get started. Like, give them a week, and who cares if they tear some ATLs out there? <laughs> you know, just just give us some basketball. But I mean, whatever. Go out there and play for me, man. Yeah, I mean, but I think like a, re- I think just a reasonable like week, week and a half, or ten day training camp or something, man, just to kind of get everybody acclimated again into like a consistent, you know, I think about a two week would be great. Um, and give them seven days. Give them seven days. They're good to go, man. Seven days. I mean, yeah, man. <laughs> Just come on, give us something. But um, obviously we're. I mean, technically we're in the second leg of the um second week. Of, if technically if the playoffs had started on time, um, mm-hmm. you know, the direction that it sounds like they might want to kind of get some regular season games in, kind of let the, the season be decided. Uh, because you have teams like the uh, Pelicans that were about three to four games out from the A spot. You know, obviously, if you end the season today and yeah. say let's start the playoffs based on the standings, you kind of mm-hmm. don't give them an opportunity unless you do like kind of like a play in. You know, you get like the last four teams, or well, excuse me, you get like you take like the top ten teams and let the bottom half play to get a play in. So like that means you know this eight, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth teams. All those in both conferences, they get um, a little play-in tournament, I guess you could say. See how that mm-hmm. goes. You know, I mean, that could be an idea that I have to pitch. But um, yeah. how do you feel about the NBA season starting in December if that was, like, the case? So let's say we got, like, a little bit of basketball back. Somebody gets crowned this season, and then they don't start again until December. Is that a good window? What, what, well, would that mean that they shorten the season since they start in December? Or they play the same amount of games? How would that work? Like, you know what I mean? Like, will they just start the whole season in December, like the whole 482 games, or will they just cut off what they would have had if had they started in October or late, you know, early November? Like, I don't know how it will work. Either way, I don't mind it in December because it's like early basketball, no one's really watching it anyway. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it sounds like they would might just want to modify it to where they'll start later and play it later and just kind of try to get back on track at some point. Um, I, you know, I don't know what would happen if they start it later, if they modify it to a shorter season or yeah. they try to crunch game. And that part was undetermined. It's just the fact that if they do start sometime in June, they would start mm-hmm. the following season in December. So yeah. it sounds like most likely you'll go maybe till about August, September for like a basketball season. And then mm-hmm. you'll get like, let's say September, October, November, December would be like three months, three months and a half to where you get like an off season. So that's kind of like what they're estimating. If you start in June, you probably have like um, a couple, a month of playoffs. Then you start yeah. playoffs in July, July, August, and then September, you start your off season. Mm-hmm. So they want to have a little bit of a gap. I'm fine with it. It's not, it's not like you care to compete with the NFL because your different sports league, so that really shouldn't matter to them. So, um, yeah, I mean, either way, I'm, I'm fine with however they do it. If it's starts in December, that's cool too, you know? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I would say that realistically, because, you know, one of the, the article that was released on CBS about this was that, um, you know, one of the, the marketing directors are suggested with the NBA that, you know, when you start the season in October, you still compete early on with Thursday night football. So you start those Thursday TNT games and you still have to compete with Thursday night football and everyone's still kind of riled up about football. You know, that's the first probably looking at week six by then, you know, when the NBA season starts. So, you know, it's, it's, everyone's still kind of getting into that, that, that cycle of like, Oh, it's Thursday night football. It's Thursday night football. You know, a lot of us fantasy owners were interested in that. (laughs) So, you know, it, you know, 
Saturday, or excuse me, Friday, Saturday night um, would be a good night for NBA. I would say to on, on early on in the season, mm-hmm. but then again, you compete with college football early that early, so they they don't do that. You know, um, Sundays, you know, you don't really compete. You don't want to compete with the NFL. Then you know, so yeah. you, you see the options are very limited for the NBA when the NFL season is going on, plus college football. So mm-hmm. you look at uh, Thursday night, you throw it out the window. I my suggestion is if you're going to compete with the NFL and you're going to have to, then just just do the Thursday games. Excuse me, do do. Uh, uh, Tuesday night, then let Thursday ride. You know, like you know, don't do a Thursday night game, whatever. Um, because exactly. I've noticed that some of the early Thursday night games really aren't that appealing. I don't know if They're you not. got that vibe. I didn't like a lot of the Thursday games where the NBA first started. They weren't really that appealing. <laughs> so it was kind of like yeah, it, it was some pretty good Thursday night games for the first time in a while. But yeah, for the most part, generally speaking, the Thursday night games were usually crap. So yeah, when they like, first started the season, they were to me they really weren't good matchups, and then it was kind of like they mm-hmm. knew, like it felt like they knew, like all right, we'll just showcase a couple teams that don't really get much play, <laughs> and um, yeah. once the NFL season ends, we'll pick back up on Thursday nights. Um, yeah. I mean that's an option, but I think realistically, if you don't want to compete with the NFL and you want to mm-hmm. completely revamp it, is start an NBA season in January. Um, the NBA season generally is about eight months after, with playoffs included, eight, eight and a half months. So you look mm-hmm. at playing a season from January to June, then starting the playoffs mid-June, and you play for a couple months, and you'll probably end sometime in mid-August, late August, do the draft mm-hmm. in September through the rest of the year you have off, right? Yeah. Because um, one, you don't you just deal with the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl, which is like four or five weeks. Um, then you have the focus with March Madness, and then you oh, yeah, have yeah. started baseball. That kind of opening week is a little bit of a hype, and then it dies down until you know after mm-hmm. All Star in the summertime. So then you have less to compete with. I think that's the best like section for them, but yeah. I don't know if I like it though because it's just weird to start a season in in December and January. It's like you know what I'm saying. Like it's I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, if, it, if, it's, if it's too difficult for them to figure this out, like I said, it would suck. But maybe they just scrap this season and just start on time, you know, going into next season. Like, I don't know. I don't think they want to do that. They want to explore every possibility. But I feel like if they can't come to some sort of agreement, they might just be like, okay, you know what? Come off season. I mean, that's going to suck because you really want to see the playoffs with the duos that are around the league. But you know, hopefully they work something out to where you know they can get the scheduling right. But if the push comes to sub, they might be like, all right, you know, just cancel the season, and we'll start on time next year. I mean, you lose a, you lose the year of LeBron in the playoffs, you know, in the Battle of L.A., which I'm dying to see, and you know, Giannis what he does in the playoffs this year. It's, it's a lot of things that I'm eager to see happen, but this freaking coronavirus just kind of throws everything out of limbo. So yeah, I, I really want the season to continue. I really want to see the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I agree, man. A lot of us want to see it. A lot of us want to have the option to watch the duos like you mentioned and completely a disaster right now. But I mean, I think just best case scenario is that for me, it's really weird to watch mm-hmm. a league start in December because you have that. Okay, we're really wrapping is. up. We're wrapping up. a We're wrapping up the end of the year. Like, it just kind of all coincides. Like every sport has kind of either baseball starts in April, 
Yeah. NFL starts in September. Like the NBA starts in October. Like no, no sport really starts at the beginning of the year, year, or never starts at the end of the year because it's kind of just like it would just feel yeah. awkward and weird. There's just so much going on. So I don't think I, I, if it's, if December is just like a once and once in a blue moon like lifetime type of thing, like okay, fine, whatever. We just had to do this because of coronavirus. If you go back to normal next year, I'm perfectly fine with it. But again, there yeah. were some marketing concerns brought about, and they if they seek opportunity to change it and try to get their ratings up for NBA and not have to compete with the NFL. I mean, January to, to the summertime is the best option or you delay start in November at the latest and then, you know, finish into the summertime. I mean, you're still competing with the NFL kind of, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere at some point. So I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm glad I just not to make that decision. I'll just say that. Yeah. I'll just give my two cents <laughs> about that. But, um, yeah, Gabe, mom, um, it's been great, man. Just having you on this another quarantine episode. Um, we've been fortunate to be, have nothing to do but talk about sports and what could be mm-hmm. what could be um instead so any last minute yep. shout outs uh, uh, um anything in particular that stands out uh, i don't know if I, I don't have one tonight there's nothing that really stands out well you know, you know let me just say this if uh Dana White can pull off a UFC event on May 9th I'll give him a shout out, but at the same time, I just hope that they play it safely and not just throw fighters out there for the sake of having an event, you know, and no one's safe. That's obviously difficult to do in a time like this, but if the UFC could somehow put on a card May 9th, hey, you know, big up to Dana White. As long as these guys are getting tested and they're in a safe environment, hell, why not? We'll see. Yeah, I think so too, man. It's going to be real interesting. Um, to see if he can pull that off, and if he can, that'll be some fun stuff, you know, just to be able to see something besides um wrestling. Yeah, no, and, um, and let me just say, they put on the 2008 NBA Finals on every night almost. <laughs> you know, what's the deal with that finals? Like, why do they keep putting that one on or, t- or 2010? It's like, why do they keep playing the same final games? Unless that's just what I'm turning on the TV and I see it, maybe they're playing different games at other times. But for the times I've turned on ESPN at nighttime at a random time, it's like the 2008 finals or the 2010 finals. I'm like, like what's happening, ESPN? What are y'all doing? Well, what you got to do is you got to start just going on YouTube and picking out the games. I mean, you kind of got to be in the mood. I mean, I've, I've noticed that. Yeah, I think it's weird. I think it has something to do with like some of the, the throwbacks, the history, like the celebration. Like, they have different themes every day. So it's just fortunately, I think it's like on some like Lakers, Lakers Celtics rivalry theme. So probably sure, what you're yeah. seeing, but. What I would do is just go out and pick out the games. Like I mentioned to the guys, the other podcast, I, I ended up going and watching um, last Friday, I think, or Thursday night. About a week ago, mm-hmm. I ended up watching um, the Buccaneers Super Bowl victory. And um, yeah. it was uh, played in 2003, I believe, right. for yeah. the 2002 season. It was played in 2003, obviously. But um, it was interesting watching that. The quality was very bad. The graphics were horrible. <laughs> uh, guy i mean we we really are blessed we're living in a great time i mean everything's so clean and then better and then tv has gotten but so what, much better but what's so funny is that the 2000s and the 90s look like it's from the 70s now like what happened like what, what, this, what this is exactly what i'm saying like it looked like something oh, from the 80s like it was <laughs> wild i'm over here expecting at least some sort of hd like like some yeah. half-ass hd and like full screen like, no it was like 
still like standard TV. It was like standard definition. And this was the Super Bowl. Yeah, this is the Super Bowl we're talking about. Like on ABC, it was on ABC at the time. And it was just like, <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, that's you know, awful. but um, that's what I watch. I, I watched it. I mean, I fast forward through sometimes. I actually look to see when the scoring times happen. I just, I couldn't sit through like the third quarter, the second quarter. Most of the second quarter was a little dry. And then finally like, some scoring popped off at the end. And then. You know, there yeah. were some interceptions returned for touchdowns at the end of the fourth, towards the end of the fourth. So, you know, it was exciting mm-hmm. times. I mean, the Bucks kind of had the game wrapped up by after the third that quarter, but, good. you know, um, it was a great year. But um, it was nice to see that. And then um, I watched a little bit of um, before the Last Dance documentary, Midday Sunday, I was I was telling the guys I watched um. The the uh, game six of the ninety eight finals, um, because you know everyone like like I talked about, everyone knows the moment that game winning things happen. Like you know LeBron blocks the Kyrie shot, the Jordan shot. No one ever sees how this leads up, and like the game starts off, and you know Scottie Pippen looks like he tweaks his back, but he keeps playing, and you know Ron Harper Ron Harper had some issue with his knee or something, and then you know Michael's Michael, and you know it's you you see the the game, and it really wasn't that bad of a game where the Jazz got blown out. They just got beat. Michael Jordan, yeah. They just got, got Michael. That's the way it like, was. <laughs> I mean, so um, it's just interesting to see how everything led up, and that was like the last time he really had his whole true, you know, glorified moment, 3P. But um, yeah, man, appreciate you, Gabe. You know, shout out to you. Shout out to everybody that we, we kind of worked with over the days here. You know, Marcus, uh, Chris, Demario, um, just having those guys on board. Um, shout out to my boy, um, to Roy from the Average Joe podcast. He was on last week. Shout out to Greg, um, from Cubs Insider. Had those guys on last week to promote them. So, you know, just follow them. Shout out to Baseline Times. Shout out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shout out to, shout out to Gronk, man. Thanks for coming to Tampa. Let's do this. You know, hopefully everybody's still safe and, you know, it seems like people are getting kind of antsy, man. Like, cabin fever is, like, hitting people really hard right now. It's, like... It really is, man. Like, going to the grocery store is your fun time, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, like, we're walking around Target right now, like, just yeah. to walk around. Like, maybe, exactly. you know, spending a little couple extra, like, $10, $15 here and there that you didn't really have to spend, but... Yeah. <laughs> that's, like... That's true. <laughs> It's like the highlight of life right now. Yeah, with this, with this shopping. I, I'm not shopping. I still got all my money, but <laughs> people are bored. They want to they do something. But yeah, I agree. It's cool. Oh, man. It's, it's an interesting time in Florida, too, as well. So, you know, uh-huh. interesting yeah. time for us here, Gabe. But uh, that's as much as, you know, we'll take a lot of flag from other people, but from other <laughs> states. But, uh, you know, interesting yeah. times. Stay away from the beach, man. I'll just tell you that. Oh. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. It's stupid. All right. All right, Gabe. What's been real, man? Any last minute shout outs, thoughts? Man, I'm good, bro. I'm old, about to hit the bed, watching YouTube or something. YouTube rabbit hole, you know? All right, quarantine, folks. We shall see y'all in the next episode.